Hello, everybody. I'm Michael Banks, host of Leadership Luminaries, a PeopleSmart production. PeopleSmart provides innovative learning solutions, both virtual and in-person, to organizations in many countries, cultures, and languages, focusing on leadership and people development in the context of digital transformation, change management, culture change, and the increasing need for emotional intelligence. I'm delighted to say that my guest today is Dr. Margarita Mayo, Professor of Leadership at the IE Business School in Madrid, and award-winning author of the book, Yours Truly, Staying Authentic in Leadership and Life. Margarita is an internationally sought after speaker and executive development coach. Professor Mayo has been recognized by Thinkers50 as one of the top global thought leaders. She's also the recipient of the prestigious Fulbright Scholarship at Harvard University. Margarita holds a PhD in management from State University of New York and a master's in psychology from Clark University. So today we're gonna to be talking about authenticity. What is it? And why is it so important in relation to the current crisis of trust that pervades the planet currently? And um, a little bit about my, why I'm particularly enthusiastic. You might hear, hear that in my tone of voice. Um, is that it's been uh, an interest of mine throughout my life, to be honest. I've been on a, a journey, if you like, um, to find my own authentic self. And, um, you know, when I came across Margarita two years ago at a conference in Seville, I immediately felt like we were kindred spirits. Um, Margaret comes at the topic from a, an academic point of view, and um, her book is fantastic. We'll talk about that later. Um, and I'm really excited about this topic and talking about it today. So welcome, Margarita. Hi, Mike. Many thanks for inviting me on. Thank you so much. Happy uh, to be here with you. Oh, uh, you're very, very welcome. And uh, you're in Madrid right now, aren't you? Yes, I am in Madrid. Very good. Um, it's probably a little bit warmer than it is here in Norfolk in UK. Warm, sunny, beautiful oh, here. Shush. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're joking. It is warm and sunny, is it? Yeah, it is warm oh, and sunny. God. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's true. I wish. I wish I was there. All right. So, first question, Margarita. What What do we mean by authenticity? Well, authenticity is, has become a very popular word, almost like uh, overused. Okay. So now, actually, in a very recent poll, authenticity came as the most important attribute for leaders to be successful. So what do we mean by authenticity? In a very simple way, I would say that authenticity means to be true to yourself. Okay, so with this definition, we have two different elements that are very important. One, it means that is self-awareness. So you have to know who you are. That's very important. And the other one is to be true to who you are, to your values, means that there is a consistency, a consistency that people, authentic people, live in alignment between who they are, their values, their purpose, their passion, their meaning, their personality, their natural way of being, okay? So I think these are two very important things that, 
it's important that we recognize what we mean by self-awareness because when you say that it's like people say yeah actually somebody did a study and 90 percent of the people they say that they are self-aware the reality is that only 10 percent are self-aware so but why so difficult because to be self-aware when people are self-aware they have to be um accurate and to have a balanced perception and appraisal of both of our strengths but also our weaknesses so this is the thing and also be aware in a healthy way because you don't want to be you want to celebrate your strengths okay but you don't want them to escalate and become really arrogant okay that you think you know everything and you don't ask anyone also, you need to be aware of your weaknesses, but at the same time, you don't want these weaknesses to stop you from growing, from doing things, new things, okay? You don't want to become uh, self-confident. So I think these are the two very important things, self-awareness, uh, alignment uh, between your behaviors and uh, your values, okay? You say what you are going to do, and then you are going to do it. And there is one more thing, which is about, and we talked about it before, it's about self-regulation. You, you don't just, we are ourselves in many different contexts, okay? So you don't, you don't need to show your whole self all the time to everyone in any, in any context, any situation. So it's very important also the self-regulation, the self-control, that you know how to adapt to the situation, that you are able to read the situation from an emotional point of view and also to present yourself accordingly to to that so that would be my working definition <laughs> to begin with <laughs> you've just answered about five questions in one. <laughs> no okay. <I> won't. <laughs> well okay um well let, let me start with um responding to your last point which is very interesting because i've often been in my own um discussion with people about authenticity in a, in a, in a learning environment I've often been uh, asked, well, surely if, if you're not to, to be authentic, um, you can't, and you're self-regulating, that's not really authentic, is it? Mm. I mean, because you're actually, you're controlling how you're behaving and coming across to people. You're controlling yourself. And, and in a way you're acting. Is mm. it, so is, are no, you still no. authentic? Well, I think it's very important because self-regulation is actually uh, being it means being authentic because you have to know yourself uh, in which in which role you are playing because uh, let's let's face it I mean we we don't play just one role okay we don't have just one self then we have multiple selves that's what we call in academic terms like the protean selves okay why is that because we have uh, we play multiple roles in our everyday life. At work, for example, myself, at work, I play different roles, okay? I'm a speaker, I'm a researcher, I'm a teacher, I'm an author, okay? I'm not going to behave in the same way if uh, I have to give uh, a talk or I have to do, I, do, I have to work with my research team. It's a different uh, behavior. 
uh, outside work, I love uh, running, okay? Uh, I do triathlon and I have my, my team with the gym. The conversation is different, okay? The goals are different. At home, okay, I'm a mother, a spouse, uh, a daughter. So these multiple selves, okay, require different uh, spectrum of behaviors, but they all should be according to my core uh, uh, values, my core uh, personality. Actually, there are some studies that they have done with the personality and see the consistency of your personality across these multiple roles. The more consistency, the more authentic you are and the more happy uh, you are, okay? Because authenticity actually is very related to happiness. So for example, people who know me, it looks like I'm an extrovert, but in fact, I'm kind of introvert, okay? <laughs> Yeah, wow. some people are going to be, some people are surprised, but when you know, get to know me well, okay, I know that uh, I can uh, act in a very extroverted uh, way, but I need my time to be alone, so people who know me well, they will, it doesn't matter if you ask people in the gym, ask people in my family, or at work, okay, they will probably say something similar about my personality, and about my values, hardworking, honesty, I hope, okay, so that will make me uh, uh, an, an authentic person. So that's consistency uh, across, okay? The more consistency, the happier you are, the more authentic uh, you are. So that's why I don't think uh, there is inconsistency between having a wild repertoire of behavior and also to be uh, consistent to your own values. I always say like we can have many different faces, okay? But only one heart, uh, that, that's one of the examples. Uh, and this one example I always like is Richard Branson. They always say, when they, I ask this question, because Richard Branson has so many uh, faces, like uh, you can see pictures of him, okay, like a multiple, um, in, uh, as an entrepreneur for multiple activities. Um, but then you always see that he puts a lot of passion in everything that he does. And that's this passion, this, that is really common. That's a great example. Um, I remember meeting Richard Branson on the dance floor. Wow. <laughs> yeah. See, I, 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 I didn't have a chance to meet him, but yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah, it's, it's, it was uh, it, back in the day when he first started out, he just had the music company. Okay. But he, then he bought a couple of clubs in London and he used to go down with his executive team every Friday night to the, it's called the, can't even remember the name of the club, it was in Victoria in London. And uh, I remember uh, actually... <laughs> going out to him on the dance floor and say, but I mean it's a whole other story I tried to sell him some oil <laughs> and years later I met him in Los Angeles a few years ago and I told him how much money he would have made if he'd accepted my offer and and mm. he said oh dear another mistake I made <laughs> well, that's authenticity as well that's authenticity yes the fact that he responded in that way and said yeah, I really, another of my mistakes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he could laugh at himself, you know. Yeah, Richard Branson is a very good example when we think about an authentic person, I, I believe, because uh, he's, he also has a very balanced view of himself. The fact that, that, uh, that he had uh, uh, dyslexia when he was growing up, I think in some interviews he mentioned how he was always surrounded by people that knew more than him. So he's very humble in that way and asking others, okay, how can I um, improve or how can I do this? Uh, so he knows that he needs other people to get things done and that's yeah. very authentic too. Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting you also mentioned uh, at the beginning of this conversation about how being authentic is not necessarily just being 
completely yourself in the sense of like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling angry today. I'm just going to be angry. That's mm. being authentic, regardless of how it affects other people, no. which is where the self-regulation comes in. Yes. And, and I love what you said about how the consistency is in the, having the values, basing all your behaviors uh, on the values, dis, even though you're playing different roles. Exactly. The values are there and still central. And that's almost like they guide you to make the choices of how you behave. Exactly. Uh, and the self-regulation comes in when in, in that situation in front of you and you go, okay, I'm feeling angry, but do I want to let it go? Do I want to let that anger out? Is that going to help? No. no. My value is I want to contribute positively to other exactly. people. So I'm going to regulate. Yes. I'm not going to dump my anger on people. Yes. So uh, what that, the crisis of trust at the moment i mean if you look out i mean i truly believe that authenticity is needed in the corporate world at a leadership level mm. i think it's needed needed at all levels um but we look at the world at the moment and or if someone's authentic they generate trust don't they yes i i always say that the authenticity is the antidote uh, to the crisis of uh, uh, credibility that we have uh, in, in, in leaders. Uh, this has happened, I mean, uh, now it's even more important with the, with the COVID-19, but even before that, okay, with the COVID-19, the world um, has transformed, has changed, uh, but that has, it has happened something very interesting that uh, made us so aware of our vulnerability in a very collective way, okay? It be we became almost like a collective existential crisis, okay? Mm -hmm. And then we realized that uh, uh, we are vulnerable, um, we are not so sure about our business, uh, our organizations, even our own uh, life. So uh, leaders are more important than ever in these situations. In times of crisis is when leaders become really important because even if you go thousands of years ago, how people got organized, it was organized around a person who was the glue of the, of the, of the group, okay? So what kind of leaders we have? If you think about it, the leaders that we had, it was a very much the transactional leaders, that they see the relationship in a very economic terms, like in an exchange, okay? We don't worry so much about, a, about a building a trust a relationship with, with our subordinates, with our, our, our team. And in fact, if you look at statistics, 70% of all the change initiatives uh, fail. So in a way, leadership is failing in times of change, okay? And I think that's why when we need leaders the most is when we have the worst crisis of trust in leadership. So there is one barometer that has been, uh, uh, been uh, examined the, the trust levels over the years in across 28 different countries. And the data is amazing. Only 70% of the people trust the CEO of the company. So Only 70%? 70%, uh, 27%. 27%. Okay, wow. of the people, they trust leaders. In, in their organization. With, with those levels of trust, you cannot change anything, okay? So this is a real problem. 
trust is the foundation of leadership. If we don't have trust, we don't have leadership. So without leadership, we don't have change. That's what we want to transform of our organizations, especially in these times of uncertainty. So what is that people want? They want a real person. And that was authenticity has become so important nowadays. Actually, some data, um, uh, they were showing that uh, since 2008, right with the financial uh, crisis, okay, now they examine uh, the titles of the big newspapers and journals like Wall Street Journal, etc., Financial Times, and the word authenticity increased dramatically. So really? meaning that, yeah, meaning that people want, demand something more, a, a person that they can follow, a person that they can trust. The thing is that I always say that when you, you have your, your, your boss and your boss can uh, promote you to be a manager, but it is your team that makes you a leader when you gain and you the trust and the respect of those people. And that's what authenticity comes in because they need to see that you are actually uh, looking for the best of a team, not just your own self-interest in, in, the, in the workplace. You know, it's interesting, Marguerite. The, um, it's, you know, they say that out of every crisis, you can find a positive, yes. an opportunity and so on. And there's no doubt in my mind, that one of the good things that's happened recently is the degree of distrust, especially in this recent crisis in the last couple of years or so, but even before then, the degree of distrust has actually caused, and I think you're getting at this, has caused people to want more authenticity from their leaders, yes. but more than that even, to actually recognize they're more alert to when their leaders are not being authentic. Yeah, that's true. And I think that heightened awareness of what is needed, what they want, and what they're not getting yes, is, is a good thing because hopefully that will translate in time to more authentic leadership across the board in corporations. Yeah. And also, of course, you know, governments and so on. Yeah, that's true because um, so what happened before, I think, is that uh, the distinction between manager and leadership was not that. Uh, that clear, okay? So most of the managers, they were very well trained in hard skill, in the technical skills, okay? Yeah. And then, uh, they, but leadership is more about uh, soft skills. It's more about empathy, it's more about listening, it's, um, it's more about uh, uh, having this emotional intelligence of building the teams, having even a critical thinking. And, and that's what it was missing. I think uh, before if you had the soft skills, it was like a bonus. But now people say, no, I won, I need that. Especially with the pandemic, people felt so, um, they, they, they are not taking care of their emotions, okay? Uh, so that's so, so important. And, and I think that's, you think about it because leaders, what they do is just, they work through the people. So they need to understand all these, these are the human and they make us uh, really human. So they need to understand, okay, all these uh, emotional intelligence skills, the, 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 the so bad called soft skills because actually they are very hard to master. I know, <laughs> I know, isn't that true? They actually are very hard. They're very, the hard. they're very hard. <laughs> I've always said that for years now that people, oh no, there's soft skills. It's, you know, it's not so important. 
No, it's very hard. I've got to come back also, Margarita, to something else you said, which I also personally have experienced myself. And I think it's available to everyone on this journey towards becoming more and more authentic, is that you said people um, become happier. And, and I think I'd like you to talk about this. I think from my own experience, um, there's a freedom that when you're all authentic, you're you feel good about yourself because you're not trying to pretend or hide to you are people it's easy life becomes a lot easier hmm. and you're not trying to impress people as you say and and so and that leads to a state of greater happiness and expression and fulfillment yeah. um can you comment on that Yes, I think that's very that's very true. Okay, authentic people. Uh, now that we have a lot of pressure, okay, to be uh, perfect, and and I think <laughs> authentic people they are less worried about impress uh, uh, others. They are they move and they are motivated by their own uh, internal compass. Okay, so they listen to their own uh, uh, voice. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting because if, if you look at, at the word authenticity in Greek, it means authentic, uh, and it is about uh, being the author of your own destiny. So it's like a, if, if authenticity we talked about before, it was like a journey. So the person, authentic people, they are in charge of that journey. So they are in control of that journey. And that gives you a sense of inner peace, okay? Yes. And I think that's what is important because I like um, uh, what um, uh, Seliman, the, the father of positive psychology, defined happiness as the intersection, okay, between pleasure and meaning of purpose. And I think that's exactly what happened with authentic people, okay, that uh, they are very clear about their purpose in life. Uh, the, what is, and also the, this concept of the ikigai, the Japanese concept, the uh, ikigai, that is about finding, discovering your own purpose. And that's what, so you don't feel the uncertainty, like, oh, you know, in the bad times, you have something to fall back. And these are your principles. This is your purpose. And, and this, that's what makes you uh, get up in the morning. I'm doing something that is important to me. And, and it, that I think that's clear. And there is another twist to that because uh, on the one hand you have to find, and that's what I like the concept of the Ikigai, okay? Because it has different, uh, four different spheres in life. One is where you, you feel passion about because when you are passionate about, you are going to be energetic and that energy is transmitted to others. It's contagious, okay? Yeah. But the other thing is that you want to do something that also that is important to others. That's the other sphere, okay? That it has an impact on others. So a purpose that is greater than yourself. And this is very important about, I think, authenticity too, is the legacy. Authenticity is not only about being true to yourself, it's also about being true to others, okay? So how you are going, what you are doing, how is going to make the life of other people better? And that's the legacy, and that's the the purpose greater than uh, than yourself. How do you spell ikigai? Uh, ikigai, ikigai. Uh, is a I K I G A I. Okay, good. Because um, you know, for those people that want to look it up, like me, yes, <laughs> that's okay. Ikigai. Aikigai, the Japanese uh, 
a concept to discover your purpose. It sounds like a piece of sushi that I really like <laughs> when I go to a Japanese yeah. restaurant. <laughs> oh, is that that's a it's curious. a very interesting tool, okay? It's also a very interesting tool that I use uh, in my training uh, courses uh, mm -hmm. to help executives uh, yes discover their um, their purpose. Uh, your passion, okay, but also the impact that you're going to have to other people. Also that you're going to make a living, okay, <laughs> with what you are doing. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, includes, it includes everything. <laughs> so that's great. Um, what, you know, I'm, this is always fascinating. Is it? What do you think prevents people from being authentic? What are well, the that's a very interesting question because uh, why we're not more authentic? I think we talked just a moment ago about this pressure, okay, to be perfect. We want to be perfect, to impress others. We have a public image and we are very worried about that public image, okay? So what prevents people? Fear. Fear of embarrassment, fear of not knowing everything that uh, about everything fear of not living up to the other people's standards or even our own standards. So this is fear of embarrassment. I always say that uh, when I have to uh, give some um, talks uh, with the uh, older people and say, we have to learn new things, okay? One of the problems is not age. You can actually learn many new things and neuroscience is very advanced and it has this uh, concept of neuroplasticity, okay? Our brain let us learn new things. It is our ego. The problem that prevents us from being authentic is our ego. Uh, so we want to defend. What happens when someone is telling you, oh, you did something wrong here, uh, this negative feedback, or maybe you don't know about this uh, new app in the, in the mobile, okay? We, it's almost like a threat to our ego. So we create, this is a psychological mechanism here. We create a barrier, okay? to protect our, our, our ego, our self-esteem. And then we are gonna spend more time, more energy, trying to defend that ourselves and our self-esteem than actually uh, listening to the message, learning to the message. So I think that's a very interesting question because one is for, because our ego can be a barrier for being authentic because we want to impress and to maintain this public image. And the other thing also is, how we can become better, okay, at managing that, that fear. How can we learn about uh, giving and, and receiving feedback to avoid being defensive and improving our learning, okay, lifelong learning? Because that's the other, another myth about authenticity that is something static, okay? And that's not like that. Actually, authenticity and change go hand in hand. I interview a lot of uh, authentic leaders and what I see is that they have a growth mentality, okay? To be authentic means also to be true to your best self, to the best version of yourself. So it means that you have to learn. And this is this barrier, okay, of learning. Children, they don't have a problem about learning because still they don't care so much about their ego. It's just in uh, the adult life that we stop learning many times because just to avoid this uh, fear of, uh, of embarrassment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit like what you, a version of what you're saying is that, that we put filters on um, our learning 
so that you know when we're young we're like babies we have no filters yes. and as we get older and older the filters build up and build up and build up which is why you get the accusation with some people that they're narrow-minded or yes. they're blinkered or they're short-sighted or you know all of that um so so that's uh that's really important i'm pleased that we've talked about that because i think that if you can recognize you know what it is that's causing you not to be authentic then it's it's uh, you can address it uh you can uh, take a look at that uh, the the other thing is though that's very interesting is that um you know we talk about authenticity uh and i've i've sort of had this thing about being skillfully authentic which is how do, how do you do you can be authentic but how do you do it and i've always thought well you know what one of the things about if you're a an open-minded person and you put yourself on the journey to become more authentic life will present yourself with opportunities to learn and over time you do become more authentic and liberated yes how can people accelerate that how can people and another way of saying is how can we become more authentic can authentic leadership be learned and developed and if so i how? think so yeah it's not easy it's not an easy journey and i think some of, of us already know okay it is difficult because one of the things we all have blind spots okay so the first things to be authentic and to uh, learn more about ourselves is self-awareness okay how can we become more self-aware and we have def different tools uh, for example uh, to me the, the preferred one is the personality Okay, personality is something that uh, does not change after you are 18 or 20 years old, your personality is already there, half percent DNA, half percent, okay, your, your culture, but is there, so it's your natural way of being, so it is, it is so powerful when you get to know yourself, okay, already the Greek philosopher said, okay, know yourself is the first uh, thing, you know, uh, but people are surprised. Uh, when I do this uh, personality uh, test, uh, I have an exercise that I call the same type exercise. So I put people with the same personality, okay, to discover what's their preferred way of doing things, their preferred way of learning, their, pre their preferred work environment, and then they, ex they, they explain to other people. So it's very powerful because uh, it discovers your own personality, but, but also the personality of others. And we many times are unaware of that. So many interpersonal conflicts also, they come because of that, because we have different personality. So for me, the most important thing would be start learning about yourself, okay? Have your own personality. Also, because personality is very difficult to change, but also about your values, okay? What is important for you? Okay, and one way to and one way to, to say, okay, what's important to me? You can think of a time that you were working that you were very unsatisfied. So what was missing there? What, what, what would you wish that it was there? Maybe it was that not very participative environment, okay? So you like to have participation in the decision-making. So what is important for you? Maybe there is, it was very workaholic, okay? So for you, family and private life is very important. So self-awareness is the first thing. Now, there is something interesting. It's like uh, we have these biases and these biases is that they, they are always in our favor. So I have done some, some research 
And uh, the thing is that we are all overestimators, okay? So we think um, better about ourselves than others see us. So because of this unconscious bias in our favor, okay? So it's very, you know, never against. <laughs> so it's very important the second step, which is like seeking the feedback of others. So that's why in my second uh, step, I always at, uh, have a 360, okay? See how others see you. This is very tricky because it doesn't mean that you have to listen to everything the others tell you, okay? Because you say, oh, that's not, that's not being authentic. No, it's about you asking, uh, you do a 360, it's very powerful because you get a consensus, okay? Among many different people that see you in different situations. But this is a very important, important thing. And I really advise always about looking at the gaps, okay? Where you think you are great, but yeah. others, they don't see you that way. So yeah. what is going on here? So this is, this is the thing. And then do something about it, okay? So I remember I, I told you that I had the opportunity to work with uh, Chris Argeris, some of the founding fathers of the humanistic movement, okay, at Harvard. And this is one of the most important things that I learned from them, is this action-oriented, okay? They, they, that's what they learned, they, they started the action science. Okay, mm -hmm. now you have the knowledge, but do something about it, okay? This is the thing that uh, many people, we have this knowledge doing gap. You know how to give feedback, you know how to be authentic in theory, okay? But then the practice is different. So just try to do maybe like uh, put together a personal development plan, uh, little things, uh, uh, goals, developmental goals that you are going to improve. And start doing it uh, now, right? Uh, it's very important that we get into action. And of course, then to have a coach or do a coaching uh, um, practice that uh, you can monitor your, your progress because like we have been saying, this is a journey, okay? This is not actually about being yourself. It's about becoming uh, yourself, yes. becoming yes. yourself. I love the book about uh, Michelle Obama, Becoming, right? I think this is very important. This is the journey and the life story that we all have to uh, build our, ourselves. Yes, and, and in becoming, uh, we know that until we get there, um, which we never will, really, yeah. unless we become Buddha or Jesus Christ <laughs> or someone. Um, but in that journey, uh, part of the authenticity is acknowledging our imperfection. Yes. You know, it's so we're so tough on us. I'm not uh, we. A lot of people suffer because they, they, they strive for being perfect. They strive for that authenticity, but they don't, they don't by their own standards reach it. And they make mistakes. And, and then they beat themselves up and they suffer. Yeah. And, you know, it's a great, great, wonderful mindset to be able to let go and say, you know what? I mean, I was watching a football game last night. My team was playing. It was on TV. It was a very important game. And, um, oh, dear, I'm, I'm reliving it. And our star player went up to take a penalty kick. Um, and just before he kicked the ball, he slipped. Oh, and so no. the ball went way past. Oh, no. <laughs> and that, no one could believe it. Like yeah. 30,000 people go, what? And of course, it, it actually caused the, the team not to win. It was that important. Oh, no. How and, but I was more fascinated by his reaction afterwards and okay. by the, by the, 
even on the fans' reactions, some of them were saying, he cost us the game. He, we would have won if it hadn't been for that penalty that he missed. Uh, and a lot of people saying, you know what? It's all right. It's it all happens. Right. Yeah. You know, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. Let it yeah. go. And I'm trying to let it go now. My <laughs> the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Someone I think I heard that this uh, defining authenticity means to be uh, comfortable with our imperfections. And I think it's a very nice definition of authenticity, being comfortable with our imperfections. Um, and this is uh, something that I've been also working on I, uh, with the, this idea of humility. It's very related to being humble and humility. And one of the most important characteristics of authentic people is that humility. Because humility means that you recognize that you are not perfect, okay? I remember when, when I met you in Sevilla, uh, there was someone after the conference that she told me, okay, one of the, you, you, she thanked me because uh, this idea that she doesn't have to be perfect <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to be successful or, or, or to be a great leader. And this is a very liberating uh, message, okay? Very. Uh, I find. Um, uh, but the best part is this, okay? That the research actually shows that humble people make better leaders. Humble people make better leaders. And I always explain that because how come, okay? Uh, so, and, um, but, but not the narcissistic and not the charismatic narcissistic. The thing is that when you are humble, okay, what you have is the balanced way of okay, recognizing you don't know about something. And then magic happens. You will say, I will ask other people. So you ask other people and you're gonna get the input of other people and you're gonna get more information, different perspective, variety of, of uh, resources, okay, cognitive resources. And this is what happens. Humble people, they build upon the resources and the knowledge of the team. They are able to get all the talent in the team. That's why their teams are very successful. Narcissistic uh, bosses, they seem successful because they show so overconfidence. But then after a few weeks, the performance of their team really goes down. But the interesting question is that when given the opportunity, most of us will follow, they will be seduced, we will be seduced by the narcissistic, okay? And that's another very interesting psychological phenomenon when you think in large terms, in a collective way, our society, in our collective imaginarium, okay, we have an image of leaders as being perfect that we have created in, in our culture in, through the movies, okay? That we see leaders, we over glorify leaders. We put leaders in a pedestal. So we themselves, everyone, we have a socially constructed view of leaders as being like that, as being perfect, okay? And it, I think is, is, um, we do it for a reason because it makes us feel relaxed, especially in times of crisis, in times of uncertainty, they come as an easy way to solve our problems, okay? Initially, Initially. and this is the problem, initially. So yeah. because of this desire of, of, of short-term relief uh, and, and short-term solutions, we actually risk the long-term um, 
real uh, solution because then narcissistic they will get us into more trouble and then we may choosing the wrong type of leaders just when we need the humble leaders the most because in a crisis like ours like now okay it's very complex problems one single person is not going to solve the problem so we don't want narcissistic we want humble people to lead us that's that's a brilliant exposition of the state of affairs now absolutely i think you're spot on uh, about how people get seduced and actually it gives them an excuse to sort of basically feel okay and as you said relax okay now the problem's taken yeah. care of everything's gonna be solved yeah. we've got this wonderful like in england they always say winston churchill you know yeah. uh, he's he's put up as this this great savior if every exactly. prime minister was like winston churchill uh, i think i've always said no no <laughs> no all he was good for was making a speech when at the beginning of the war that's all he ever yeah. did he was terrible actually and he was a failure but people don't know that because all he's in the history books as a hero because of the speech yeah. well anyone yeah. can make a speech if you're a good orator because they're but it, and it's a very you know and it's a powerful thing but as you say uh, the humble leader is including other people in solutions exactly. that are, are more grounded and more real they're not concerned about themselves so much mm -hmm. And when people are concerned about themselves, this is why you have such a problem, I think, now. And I, I've got to be very careful here. So I'm not going to take it any further than to say <laughs> some of the some of the leaders of countries in the Western world at the moment, I think, are suffering hugely from exactly what you're talking about. And I won't mention the countries because anyone with half a brain will know who they are. Um, but I, so I'll, leave that, I'll leave that aside. I got you. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying. There are some people who who won't listen. They're not inclusive, and they're full of themselves. They want to be the hero. They're stubborn, and uh, they won't change course. They're not flexible, yeah. you know, and all the rest of it. Anyway, that's <laughs> I've got to. I've been meaning to say to the audience that I am speaking to Professor Margarita Mayo, and uh, Margarita is the award-winning author of the book Yours Truly staying authentic in leadership and life. Margarita is professor of leadership at the IE Business School in Madrid. You also have other campuses as well, right? Uh, yes, I, I've been teaching in, in many other uh, universities. And my first university was at uh, IB School of Business in, in Canada. And then I was in Lancaster University in the UK and also at the ESMT in in Berlin and um, I go every year to the US also for uh, conferences so yes right so um, as we uh, start to look towards the the wrap-up of this a fantastic conversation thank, <laughs> thank you, you very much it's been a pleasure um, I did say before this interview when we were chatting I said it'd be really great if you could give an example of of uh, an authentic leader because I know that in your book you have some fascinating stories of different leaders who, who are authentic in, in by your criteria, and um, uh, and it really brings the book to life to give those examples. And it'd be I know you said it's difficult to choose between them, but yes, if, if you could just uh, come up with one and and sort of just say who who the person is and why they're authentic. Okay, yes, we talk about, it's very difficult. In my book, I decided to interview nine different people that illustrate a, a different characteristics of a, 
uh, what I call the heart, habit, and, and harmony. So different attributes of, of uh, authentic leaders. But since we just talk about uh, humility and uh, also about the Aikigai, I think I'm going to choose uh, this example <laughs> of a Japanese of a, of a Japanese uh, fashion designer, uh, Hiroko Samehima. And this is a very good example of authenticity. I was really amazed with the, with the interview and, and her life story because uh, as a fashion designer, she had the best job. She was working for Chanel uh, in Japan and, and, and then a very prestigious uh, company, but she was not convinced about the, these sustainable values. Uh, so because uh, she was telling me that in Japan, uh, a lot of people get back I use things and then in three months they throw it away. So there is a very short cycle, okay, of uh, of uh, items. So she was fascinated about uh, fashion, okay, and uh, ethics and social responsibility. That was uh, uh, her core value. So she decided to start her own company and with the best uh, leather because it was a company about uh, bags, about leather uh, bags. And the best leather turned out to be in Ethiopia. So she moved from, I don't know how many of us we actually do that from our own values, from Japan to Ethiopia to start her own company of uh, that she called Andua Met. And Andua Met in Ethiopian means one year, okay? So what she wanted is for these people to buy a, a personal bag, okay? That they could use all year round. Okay. So of course she had to, 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 to go through some crucible, okay, difficulties, economic, social, etc. But she was very successful. And in Japan, in Japan, she was on a TV program and she was named the best, uh, the best entrepreneur, okay, of the of the year. Wow. And there's also something very interesting because uh, she was uh, dealing this uh, or leading this company because of her values and her values uh, were so uh, enthusiastic for other people that everyone in Japan, they were working pro bono. Wow. So they were working pro bono. So this is also a very good example about what motivates others. Mm. Authenticity is a good motivator, okay? Jeez. Because you are giving people a purpose. And especially in the young uh, generations, we're talking about the millennials, they want something else uh, more than just a paycheck at the end of the month. They want meaning, they want purpose. They want to see that what they are doing is something good for society. So I think this is a good example. There are many right. more. <laughs> That's fantastic. How do you spell her name? Uh, Hiroko. Uh, I'm not very good at spelling. Oh, H-I-R-O-K-O. Uh, yes, Samehima. Yeah. Don't know how to do that one. S-A-M-E-J-I-M-A. Samehima. Okay, great. I'm sure that some people... It's in the book. It's in the book. Speaking of the book... Um, um, obviously, it'd be great for people to uh, get a copy and read it. It's uh, on Blue Bloomberg Press. And can people buy it uh, on Amazon? And places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the book is by Bloomsbury. And it's, uh, you can find it in Amazon. And the title is Yours Truly. So it's there. Easy, easy to get. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, how about some information about how people can get in touch with you, Margarita? 
Okay, so they can just send me an, an email at uh, margarita, uh, M-A-R-G-A-R-I-T-A, that mayo, M-A-Y-O, at I-E, okay, that's I-E, dot E-D-U. But also you can have all the information in my web uh, page, margaritamayo.com. Fantastic. Very good. Um, is there anything that you'd like to, I mean, by the way, I want the audience to know that you and I are seeing each other in Madrid, yes. where you're hopefully going to be speaking again um, at the Merits Annual Conference. Uh, and it'll be in person as well, which is really exciting. And it will be at the IE uh, building at the tower, yes. the new one, which is apparently as you said, uh, well, you know, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. you've been there as you go there. Yeah. And uh, it's a pretty amazing building. And so um, that'll be in early June. And um, I'll also be there um, as well in uh, probably leading a workshop or uh, moderating a panel, which I love to do. Yes. So uh, in the meantime, is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience before we wrap up? Well, first of all, it's going, be, it's going to be great to see you in person here in Madrid. And I will invite everyone who has the opportunity to come to Madrid also to visit the IE Tower. It's a beautiful uh, building. And we do very interesting things here. And um, what I would like to, what would be the message probably um, that I would like to leave to the audience? I think is this idea of, um, that uh, we have to remember that to be authentic, we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be superheroes, that we need to avoid this mentality of uh, leadership as a hero, that is important instead to turn into these, I call the unsung heroes, okay? The humble people, that uh, what is important is that uh, you start knowing yourself a little bit better, okay? Leading from the heart, uh, inside uh, out, okay? from inside out, um, celebrate your strengths, recognize your weaknesses. Second is uh, to have a lifelong learning mentality, okay? That is very important. And to be authentic doesn't mean that you can do whatever you, you don't have to do anything, you don't have to improve, I think this I admit. Mean. It's very important that uh, you keep growing, okay? You have this growing mentality. You make a learning a habit, and that's the other age. And finally, that to be authentic doesn't mean, okay, that you have to be only about yourself. It's not being me against others, okay? It's being me with others. So it's very important that you work, you live in harmony with the others. And that's what we see also authentic people. You have to be true to others, to look for the development of others, that others can also express their own, their own self and to be uh, authentic. Wonderful. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, uh, Mike, for inviting me. It has been really interesting for me. It has been a great experience. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Uh, thank you very much. See you soon. Well, see you in a few months. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. I see you in Madrid. Yeah.